This podcast is for the purposes of providing information only and is not providing legal advice. Although we may have attorneys speaking during this podcast, no attorney-client relationship exists. As always, we recommend you consult with an attorney about your specific issue. Hi guys, this is Cynthia Lopez and this is the 11th episode of Dream Podcast. I'm here with Richie. Hi Richie. Hey Cynthia, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> Looking forward to the end of the year and our 2020 vision yes. where we move forward and we have some really cool guests to look forward to. Yeah, we were just, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've recorded, uh, so it's really nice to be here. So we sat down, kind of brainstormed on uh, formatting and topics and guests that we want for the upcoming year. So I'm um, pretty stoked about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I wanted to, um, we kind of just wanted to today talk a little bit about the actual podcast, about ourselves, about um, the vision that we see for the future of the podcast and um, a little bit about immigration, obviously. <laughs> All that and more in this coming episode. Stay tuned. This episode of Dream Podcast, Truth About Immigration, is brought to you by Hippie Girl Natural Products. Our products are handmade, environmentally friendly, and we cultivate the herbs and flowers used in our garden. If you'd like to try a product at 50% off, go to hippiegirlnaturalproducts.com and use coupon code DREAM. So, Cynthia, inquiring minds want to know, I know that you initially recruited me for this podcast, but why did you want to do this podcast? Oh, there was a bunch of reasons. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was that I was just getting really frustrated with all the the misunderstandings and misconceptions that are out there about immigration. I also was a little bit frustrated that me as an attorney, I would look for resources or, um, you know, even just discussions um, on the topic of immigration. And there really wasn't a lot of things out there. Um, and I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I think we've talked about it before. There was a podcast called uh, My Favorite Murder. And that was the one that really like got me into podcasts more. And I was like, you know, why isn't there an immigration podcast? And I searched and there was nothing out there. So I think that was, you know, information, knowledge is key. So that was one of the big reasons I think that I wanted to do it. But you were so open to it when I brought the idea to you. So you tell, why did you want to do a podcast? Well, uh, same. I would say there's, there's multiple reasons. One is I think we had the means. I was already producing a, a podcast centered on the borderland, you know, trying to highlight or showcase a lot of the artists or writers that we have in this region that I meet through my open mic nights. But, you know, as being involved for so many years uh, in multiple scenes from, from art, music, and even just as an educator, it's something that I experience day to day through through family, through students, to people I know. So I was definitely happy to to jump on board with this project. And, and again, I think the key focus is dealing with truth. What is this idea of truth and how do we get our information? Uh, I felt like there was a, a source lacking at the, at the time in which we started this. And so to be able to try and clear up any misinformation and try and guide people the right way to me is is something I've always tried to do as an educator. So it's, it's important to do this here as well as, as a podcast host on the Dream Podcast, Truth About Immigration. So, and also, of course, we were able to work with, with Mario Sanchez, sound engineer extraordinaire, and making us sound good for what you guys are listening to right now. But moving on, you know, this has obviously been such a, a big top hop on issue in the news, not just locally, but nationally and internationally, has received lots of attention. Why do you think El Paso has been at the forefront of this? Well, there's, there's so many reasons. I mean, I think El Paso is, it, it's almost a natural fit as being, you know, the frontera, we are the, the border. Um, as I've said multiple times, we're like the, the, 
ground zero for um, immigration issues because we are essentially the closest border. Um, you look out the window and you see another country. So um, when it comes to immigration, we, you know, it's a hotbed for immigration. So I think that even from the get-go, I mean, immigration has been getting a lot of attention since the beginning of the year um, with the child detention centers and, and all that stuff that was going on. A lot of media attention was focused on the immigration issue. And so naturally, um, a lot of eyes were turned to El Paso. And then we had the the tents in Tornillo, which is right, right outside of El Paso. So I think it was almost kind of a natural thing that El Paso would start getting a lot of um, a lot of attention in that that arena. And then we also, of course, had, you know, the shooting that um, brought a lot of attention. Um, unfortunately, um, I mean, it was good in the sense that it did bring a lot of attention and, and kind of highlighted what an awesome community El Paso is and how tight-knit we are and how much we care about each other. Um, but uh, yeah, that was another reason I think that they definitely, um, that a lot of attention has been focused on on El Paso. What do you think, Richie? Why do you think El Paso has had so much like international and national attention? Right. Um, so the right. Um, adding to what you're saying, all the the news that we've seen in this past year, um, it has notoriously been a very fluid border. You know, at one point in which I remember, I remember that we had the international trolley that would go between both cities and and would mark where families would just spend their days shopping in either in either which city and a lot still do obviously it's been a lot harder these days to do so um and and again uh because of the current administration and their attempts to you know work with work against some of the laws in place like daca obviously kind of all the eyes are are what's happening here and we're experiencing we're feeling it which kind of echoes my sentiment earlier on of why I want to do this podcast is because since so much attention is focused on the border, we're seeing so much misinformation being said. And, you know, even even today, I mean, maybe this might even lead into what, what are some of the biggest misconceptions. Even today, as of November 12th, you know, Donald Trump still tweeting how, how DACA recipients aren't angels. And yeah, which is dangerous rhetoric to be saying because... People follow that and eat that up. So we want to show showcase, like you said, how we've been able to come together as a community in light of, of these terrible things like the tent cities and, and the tragedy, the shooting. Um, that's a lot to say, huh? You know, it goes to the fluidity of, of living on the border and how, uh, I don't know, borders are, are just things that we've kind of made up and created and they don't really necessarily have to mean anything. We just kind of delineate where a border is and then that's the border, you know? But, okay, so on misconceptions, what do you think is um, the biggest misconception about immigration? It's a loaded question, but... Ooh, yeah, big time. I mean, so I kind of drew on... To me, one of my biggest points is is the dehumanization of what's actually happening here. Um, and again, misunderstanding of the laws... You know, we've heard so much about these dangerous caravans coming by in in hordes. Almost this rhetoric of of almost like monsters attacking the country that that people were eating up. Maybe in other parts, you know, other parts. You know that isn't necessarily true because I think when we're talking about immigration, we're talking about survival. We're talking about something that is natural. And I think we even talked about that poem by by Warshall Shire that that just kind of speaks to the brutality of the world that forces someone to need to move or, or have to move. And so 
that to me that's been the biggest mis- misconception is is how people look into kind of maybe gloss over the realities of what you know if it came down to it people would do the same thing if it happened to them and in, in their in that situation so but you know i i don't i know so little about the law and i know you you're the the expert here in in law so what have you felt have been some of the biggest misconceptions in immigration well there's there are so many i mean one of the the reasons like we said at the at the beginning um one of the reasons that i wanted to do the show in the first place was because of all the misconceptions that are out there but i think ultimately at the end of the day it doesn't really have much to do with the law i think the biggest problem and maybe it's not so much a misconception but maybe people's inability to identify with someone outside of themselves or put themselves in someone else's shoes you know it's so frustrating to me and i think it just speaks to somebody's um what's the word like um privilege when you can say like how what well especially within the context of asylum i mean there's so many other things like for example people don't even know the difference between a resident and a citizen like people don't know you have to become a resident before you can become a citizen for the most part you know i mean that's a tiny little misconception that's just it's the smallest misconception that can be fixed so easy just with a little bit of education but um within the the context of asylum you know for somebody to even say like well why would they come here and bring their children it's like what you were saying why would you come here and bring your children? Well, nobody wants to do that. You know, you're living in a world where you have to cut your ties. Um, I was with a client today at a USCIS interview and that's exactly what he was saying. He's like, well, I had to finally come to the point where I had to make the decision to leave my country. And he, you know, started tearing up and he's like, that's, you know, it's not an easy decision for someone to have to make um, exactly as you were saying. So I think it's it's more so just an inability for somebody to, picture themselves outside of their own life or their own experiences. And I think that's fundamentally the problem because everything has just been so perpetuated by this state of fear. Mm-hmm. And you're able to have that fear when you're unable to see yourself in that situation. So yeah, that would that would be my two cents on that. <laughs> what do you, so um, kind of staying in this vein about the podcast and us deciding to kind of sit down and start doing this and bringing in the guests that we're going to be having and, and some of the stuff that we have coming up. Why do you think it's this podcast is so important? Well, going off of your your recent statement, I do think that, you know, being able to, if we can get the right listeners listening in, being able to kind of have them consider the different realities of what's actually happening, right? And then clearing up some of those legal misconceptions, even just the the warning, right? I think some of our early episodes, if you go back and listen, are all about just kind of clearing up, you know, what, what we mean when we say this and that. And I just think being able to do that already is is important. And I hope that we can get more people listening in that regard. And, and, and really, you know, moving forward, I think kind of tying together our community even more. People who, who live here, who work in immigration and, and just experience it day to day, you know, we can, we can kind of start to grow. And ultimately, to me, I see it as kind of a stepping point to maybe a, a future goal is, you know, being able to enact change, some positive change for human, humans you know, essentially. So hopefully, you know, but you know, we gotta start somewhere. So we're talking about it and clearing up information. 
hopefully start organizing and creating, which already has been happening. But, you know, hopefully we get stronger, more numbers, more people involved. But I would like to turn that question back to you, of course. You know, why, why do you consider this podcast to, to be important and ultimately your, your goals in this? Yeah, well, your, um, your why you think this is important did kind of bleed into your goals. I mean, I think they're inextricably tied in a lot of ways. Um, I think from the get-go, we've always talked about uh, education and having resources. And the easier it is to find this information, then hopefully it does effectuate in the long run some sort of societal change. And then also, it's kind of a way too, I think, of as far as why it's important to have this podcast, it's almost in a way of, for me at least, to kind of take back control from those like the fear-mongering and the, the lies and yeah, all DACA people are criminals. Like, no, you have to pass a background check. I mean, I don't know how people can just eat that up. Like, you know, so it's almost kind of a way to take back control and, and try and disseminate this information into the universe and hope it sticks. Um, and so my goal definitely is to educate people, to create a resource for people to not only um, educate themselves on, on these topics, but also to have some sort of a place for dialogue. You know, I'm really excited about the stuff that we have coming up. I hope that people do listen in and that it's beneficial and that if they have questions, they reach out, uh, you know, and that we can can be more like an interactive, a little bit more interactive um, coming up in episodes that we are going to record. Yeah, there it is. That's That's exactly what I was thinking. One way is if you guys are listening right now, please interact with us. We have we have those means, those ways. Send us your questions and we can get those answered. You know, not by us, someone who is an expert on that topic. Dreampodcast01 at gmail.com. And you can also always find us at dreampodcast.net. You can also tell people about the podcast. Um, like if you, you know, you just run into a friend, you want to tell them about it, it they can Google Dream Podcast, The Truth About Immigration. Um, and you can always, of course, also please, please, please like and subscribe. That's how we get more followers. That's how we get listed. Um, that's how we can continue to do uh, what we do. So please like and subscribe, share with your friends, um, get on that social medias, or as my mom calls it, the Googles. Now, what does she call it? YouTubes. <laughs> Um, and and share share the podcast if you like it. That's right. Season 11. This is who we are. No, episode 11. Oh, yeah. Season, season two, kind of, I guess. Episode two. I was thinking season two, you know. Season two, season I two, guess, yeah. I don't know. Episode 11. Reintroduce ourselves. New music, was, everything. Episode 32. What do you think? Oh, she's, uh, Mario's over here saying, uh, so we tried to get Mario on the mic, but he didn't want to do it because we wanted his input and he wanted to insert himself later in editing, which <laughs> I don't think he's going to And work. I give you some jobs to do right <laughs> Like that, that episode was so smooth. Let me mess it up for you really quick. <laughs> so ep- season two, episode two is what Mario's saying. So essentially it's the second episode in the second season with okay. our new music and new intro and new flow. And we look forward to the things that are coming up. Richie, what's going That's on with right. you? Um, music stuff. I haven't seen you in forever and a day. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have new um, open mics or anything going on? What's going on in the yeah, world? Yeah, so I mean, in, in addition to just the semester really holding it down and being bogged down in essays to grade, I'm trying to get there, guys. I'm sorry, students, if you're listening somehow. Uh, I promise I'll get that back to you. Uh, <laughs> grading, man. Uh, no, but the open mic is, you know, to me has been my community service for for so many, for so long in the sense that, you know, giving people a stage to 
to perform, whether it be a beginner or even just someone who's been playing for a long time and wants to try out some new things or just sometimes you 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 have the itch to want to perform, you know, any kind of performer. So we do have open mics all throughout. I'm doing at least three a week now. Um, but thankfully now I'm trying to to get off for it's me hosting all the time and doing sound that way. So I don't necessarily have to be there. But since I am the project director of this thing, I, I you know, I show up just to, to sh- you know, look, make sure everything's running smoothly and the hosts are doing their job. But, you know, it's always good for people to have that outlet to express themselves, whether through poetry or music. Um, you know, that's one of the things I talk about too in, uh, in my classes. You know, one of the best ways to learn about what's happening in the city is is to look and listen to what all the artists are are writing about and singing about. At, at the risk of uh, of dating the the dating ourselves on when we're recording this episode, this week was also um, Giving Day, El Paso Giving Day. That's right. And so, um, on that vein of like cultural stuff that's been going on, um, we had El Paso Giving Day. Uh, I want to actually read. I, I'd have to find it, but um, I don't know if I've mentioned on here that I'm on the board with the El Paso International Music Foundation, oh, and right. so we had. Uh, so many awesome donors. So the the idea behind Giving Day is that uh, you have a bunch of small donors, um, some of the nonprofits that are smaller, um, you know, United Way, places like that. They, of course, can have means of raising a lot of money, but um, not necessarily some of the smaller nonprofits. So um, what they did was they created this day called El Paso Giving Day, and they just target smaller donors um, helping all the nonprofits in the city, and it's done through the Paso del Norte Community Foundation. And they actually were able to raise just between, well, I think it was about a week, $3 million, over $3 million for uh, 195 different nonprofits in the city. So thank you guys for donating. Um, Gracie, you donated? Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's awesome. And uh, the El Paso International Music Foundation was was able to raise some funds and um, check out the organization if you haven't yet. It's a really cool organization. So thank you, Richie, for being here. And uh, we look forward. We hope you follow, uh, subscribe to us and keep an ear out for the next episode. Just keep sharing. Good point, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right cool. Thank you. Peace. Thank you.